Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, good to see you. And uh, welcome to River Glen. Good to be together with you, those of you joining us online, wherever you might be. Just thrilled uh, to have you with us. Before I dive in and get started, I want to let you know two weeks from uh, today, uh, two weeks from this weekend, we're we'll beginning a new series called Famous Last Words. It's going to lead us up to Easter. It's based on the last words that Jesus spoke from the cross. And the last words are typically uh, powerful words. And this can be a really powerful series. So don't miss it and be a great series to bring a guest, invite a guest to come uh, with you. Well, today we're continuing with the series. We started a few weeks ago. It's called Divine Direction, based on a book by Pastor Craig Groeschel. And here's why we said this series is so important for us, because the decisions that you make today determine who you become uh, tomorrow. You know, the decisions that we make this afternoon determine a lot of who we become tomorrow afternoon. And this week determines a lot of who we become next week. Now, last week, I made a bad uh, decision. Uh, I made a very, a very bad, very poor uh, decision. My wife and I went to a conference in Arizona. We had an afternoon off. And the lady at the front desk said, uh, a lot of times people like to go down the street to the Old West shopping area. And I looked at the map for maybe two seconds. And it didn't look that far to me. Um, you know, even though my wife didn't have her uh, walking shoes uh, uh, with her, and I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't, and also I didn't look, really look at the scale on the map, and uh, I just said, hey, let's walk the, to the Old West uh, shopping area, and so we walked, and we walked, and we walked, it was about uh, almost 2.5 miles, <laughs> and uh, we made it, but uh, unfortunately, the Old West shopping area uh, was closed. Yeah, bummer, wah, 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 yeah, uh, they open in the evenings. So we turned around, we head back to the hotel, toward the hotel, and uh, even though Arizona is a desert, okay, it started raining. Yeah, it never rains in, in Arizona, but it started raining. I think it was the rain that we got later in the uh, uh, week, and of course we didn't have an umbrella, but I thought, okay, there's buses going up and down the street, we can get on a bus. So we found a bus stop with a shelter, we waited there, bus pulls up, you know, we get on the bus, I take out my wallet, I pull out my credit card, and guess what the bus driver says? No credit cards, cash only, $3.50 is the fee for two. And uh, Marnie and I empty our pockets, and we've just got $3. Uh, but fortunately, we had a nice, nice uh, bus driver who showed some grace, gave us a trip to the, uh, to the intersection we needed to get to, and uh, we went back to the hotel, and we just called it a day, and <laughs> ho hope for a better day tomorrow. So I need this series because uh, I'm not very good at making uh, decisions. And I'll tell you, one of the most commonly asked questions that, that I get asked as a pastor, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for this specific area of my life? Now, wouldn't it be great if we had like a GPS or an app or one of these uh, Google minis and we could just say, hey, hey, Google, you know, where should I live? You know, here in Wisconsin where it's cold or should I move down to Florida where it's warm? Hey, Google, you know, where should I uh, work. Uh, uh, should I work where I can, I can make, get uh, money to pay my bills or should I follow my uh, passion? Or, uh, hey, Surrey, what school should I attend? The local uh, community college or the big uh, uni university? Or, uh, hey, hey, Surrey, should we move on to uh, uh, marriage or keep uh, dating? All of us face important, significant decisions that really determine the direction of our lives. And we don't want to go in the wrong direction. That's why we want and we need some divine uh, direction. So if you missed week one or two, uh, be sure to go to our, our website 
and uh, watch those messages because I think they'll help you discern uh, divine direction in your life so that you can make some better decisions. Now today, I want to focus on a tendency that many people have, many of us have, when it comes to decision making. We've got this tendency to just go ahead and map out our life and make plans for all the things that we want to do by a specific time because we tend to be action-oriented people. But do you know what the scripture says about this? There's a book in the Old Testament of the Bible. It's a book of wisdom called Proverbs. And here's what it says in verse 9 of chapter 16. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Notice how this verse draws a contrast between plans and steps. Here's the difference between plans and steps. Plans typically have to do with specific dates and times and destinations. We say, I'm going to graduate in May from college, and then I am immediately going to find a job that fits my passion and pays well. Or I'm going to get married at age 28, and then we're going to begin a family at age 30. Or I'm going to work hard, earn my first million by the age of 40, and retire at 50, and then I'm going to move to Florida or uh, wherever it is. And so we make our plans, and there's nothing wrong with planning. I mean, planning has its place. It's good to think about the future and think about the direction of our life. But the scripture warns us that we can make our plans But the Lord determines your steps. And notice steps are smaller than than plans. You know, one step, two steps, three steps. You can only take one step at a time. And typically steps lead in a direction rather than to a final destination. And I think this contrast between plans and steps can be really important for us because we think that that we've got to make all these timelines and plans for school and relationships and careers. But God's word actually tells us that instead of creating all these elaborate plans and and timelines for where you want to be 10 or 15 years from now, God says it's much better for you to take smaller steps of obedience one day at a time, day after day, that over time will lead you in the direction that God wants you uh, to go. Because God does big things. God does huge things. Through small steps. And you know what? This is really our big idea today. God does big things through small steps. I'm going to come back to that later on. But I want to give it to you right now so that you can be thinking about what might be a small step that God wants you to take that will have a big impact. Because the truth is, life rarely travels down the path that we think it will or the timetable that we think it takes uh, to get there. And there's a great picture of this. A beautiful picture of this that's found in the New Testament book of Acts chapter 16. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to open it up, or maybe on your smartphone you've got a Bible app, go ahead and turn that on over to, uh, and go over to Acts chapter 16. Here's what you need to know about the book of Acts. It tells us about the acts or the actions of the followers of Jesus right after Jesus resurrected. And ascended into, uh, up, up to heaven. Jesus told his followers that he would, he would leave them physically. But he promised that he wouldn't leave them alone. To just wander around on their own. Jesus told them, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is like a divine GPS. That will point you in the direction that you should go. And if you listen closely, you're going to sense the Holy Spirit leading you. 
and guiding you in the direction that, that I want you to go. See, Christianity didn't really start out big. It, it began as a local religion in Jerusalem, and then over time it began to spread into the regions of Judea and Samaria, and then eventually to the ends of the earth, because that's the mission that Jesus gave to his, to his followers, to take the message of salvation, the message of Jesus, to the ends of the earth. But these followers, you know what? They didn't have maps or GPSs. And so they had to rely on the guidance and the direction of the uh, Holy Spirit. Here's the good news for us today. The Holy Spirit still speaks and guides us today. God has words of wisdom and direction for your life. But you've got to humble yourself. You've got to surrender yourself to God for him to direct you one step at a time. And so I want to read from Acts chapter 16 and see what we can learn about divine direction from this guy by the name of Paul. And this is the famous Paul, the Apostle Paul, who went on multiple missionary journeys to spread the good news about Jesus and plant churches. Here's what uh, Acts chapter 16 says, beginning in verse 6. We read, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, They tried to enter Bithynia, that's that region, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel uh, to them. Now, there's a lot of geography in that scripture, a lot of, a lot of re- regions, a lot of uh, cities. And so I want to show you a map that I think will help us uh, understand what's going on uh, here. And uh, notice I put three map points on here. These are the three key areas that I want you to uh, know about. Over here, you know, we've got Antioch, and, and this is where Paul uh, begins his, his journey. And then over here, we've got a map point in Asia. And then over here, a map point in this region called Macedonia. That's very important. We're going to talk more about that uh, later on. Now, you might be wondering, okay, what are these places called today? Well, you know, over here, uh, this is actually in in our modern world, this is Syria. Uh, Over here, over here, we would have uh, the modern-day country of Turkey. And then over here... Macedonia, in, in today's world, this would be, this would be the country of uh, Greece. And so Paul had a plan, okay? He had this plan in his head. Paul's over here, and his plan is to go to the west, go in the direction of the west, see the red line here, and to go uh, down into Asia Minor and to visit these churches that he had planted and encourage them and even spread the gospel even further. But verse 6 says that something funny happened. Uh, They start their journey, they start their road trip, and they plan to go down into Asia Minor, but it says the Holy Spirit kept them from going into Asia Minor. The Holy Spirit closed that door. Now, we don't really know for sure, you know, exactly how the Holy Spirit did that. Maybe it was through a dream or a prompting while they prayed. Maybe it was through circumstances. Maybe it was through bad weather. Maybe it was just this inner conviction, you know, hey, I don't think we should be going, uh, going there. So Paul planned to go to Asia, but the door slammed in his face. Closed door. Anybody here ever encounter a closed uh, a door? 
You know, maybe you thought God was leading you in a, a direction and uh, the door just slams, you know, in your, in your face without explanation. For instance, maybe you went on a job search and, you know, you made it through a couple of interviews and you thought, I feel really good about this. I think this is the right position for me. God, thank you so much. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to make more money. You tell your friends, I've already gone through two or three interviews. They've gone great. And now I'm just expecting to receive an offer anytime. But then you don't hear anything. Okay? And so you send a friendly email. Hey, remember me? And you don't hear anything back, uh, which is not good. And then you get a voicemail. They don't have the courtesy to talk to you. They leave a voicemail that says, thank you for interviewing. You have great talent, but we decided to go in another direction. What? Closed door. Slammed door. Or, you know, maybe, you, uh, maybe you're in a relationship with someone that started a couple years ago. It began as flirting in your small group, and then it progressed to dating. And then you got engaged. And maybe you've been working on your wedding plans for a few months. And then one day you get a phone call and a conversation. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't think I can marry you. Um, it, it's not you. It's, it's me. All right. And uh, I think we need time apart. What? Slam door. Closed door. I don't think I can marry you. We, we need time apart. And closed doors don't feel very good, do they? You know why? Because it feels like rejection. But is it possible that it's not rejection, it is redirection from God's, from, from God's perspective? Is it possible that it's not rejecting, it's the Holy Spirit rerouting you? But closed doors don't typically feel uh, very good and they're difficult to handle. I remember a closed door in my life. I was a senior in college. I've shared this before that I had this plan in my head. You know, I thought after I graduated from college, I would find a healthy, growing church where I could begin my first full-time ministry. And, and this, this church in, in Illinois, great church, awesome church in Illinois, uh, had, had, had reached out to me and scheduled an interview with me. I was very interested in them. I had a professor put, put a good word in for me. And uh, so I'm on my way to the interview, and I drove. Back then, I drove an AMC Hornet. Anybody remember AMC? Yeah, you know where this is going, right? <laughs> They're not the most reliable car. My car breaks down. I end up on the side of the road. You know, I don't have a cell phone. This is before cell phones. Missed the interview, and they went ahead and offered uh, the position uh, to a friend of mine. And he took it, and it felt like a door slammed in my face. But you know what? I look back on that, you know, 30 years later, and I'm like, I praise God that I drove that AMC and it broke down. I thank God that uh, they offered that position uh, to, to somebody else because I probably wouldn't be here today. I, I would probably miss out on being a pastor here at River Glen and all the great things that, that God's uh, doing. But I'll tell you what, it didn't feel that way at the time. That closed door felt like rejection. But the truth is, not all closed doors are, are negative. And that's principle number one today. If you're trying to find God's will for your life, no is not negative. When God says no or, 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 or not now or closes a door, it can feel disappointing. But what feels like rejection can very well be the Holy Spirit rerouting your life because he's got something better for you 
down the, down the road. I mean, sure, the Holy Spirit guides us to the right places, to, you know, who to marry and, and where to work. But think about this. The Holy Spirit also guides us away from the wrong places, which is equally important when it comes to finding divine uh, direction. No is not necessarily negative, but we don't tend to see it that way. When the job doesn't come through, when the relationship ends, when you pray for physical healing and it doesn't come and you got to go ahead and have the surgery. Many times Christians feel confused about this. They say, my prayers don't seem to be working. But understand that when God says no, that can be positive. That can be God narrowing your options because he has a better yes for you down the road in the, in the future. I guarantee you Paul had doubts. I'm sure Paul felt frustrated. Take a look at this map again. Paul had, had plans to uh, you know, head west and, the, and then he wanted to go down here into uh, Asia, Asia Minor. Uh, but you know, the Holy Spirit Stopped him, prevented him, you know, from going down there. And so Paul decides, okay, I'm going to head north uh, to Bithynia up, up here in this area. And, and guess what happens? God closes a second door onto, on, onto Paul. Look at verse 7. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Can you believe it? Closed door number two. And Paul is the most mature, spirit-filled Christian in the New Testament. And the door gets shut in his face uh, two times. That had to feel frustrating uh, for Paul. Sometimes it feels frustrating, doesn't it? When our plans get spoiled, when our plans get, get thwarted and, and a door closes in our face. Sometimes we refuse to take no for an answer. I'm just going to plow through. I'm just going to push through. You know, I'm going to ask her out again. I'm going to call the company for the eighth time. Or whatever, whatever it might be. There's a scene in, in the movie uh, Dumb and Dumber. And I realize this is not an Academy Award, you know, movie. That I'm not recommending it. But there's a scene that's kind of well known where uh, Lloyd, Lloyd has a big crush on Mary. And he says, Mary, I want you to answer me honestly. What do you think the chances are of a girl like you and a guy like me ending up together? Mary says, Lloyd, that's difficult to say. I really can't. Lloyd says, come on, give it to me straight. Level with me. What are my chances? Mary says, not good. Lloyd. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? Mary says, I'd say more like one out of a million. And Lloyd says, so you're telling me? Help me out if you know the line. There's a chance? Yeah. <laughs> Lloyd's persistent, isn't he? And it's because it's hard to take no for an answer. And persistence has its place. But if God shuts a door... The best thing that you can do is to stop banging on that door because what is on the other side of that door is not meant for you. And God has something better for you down the road. It amazes me how so many people I talk to, uh, so many of us have a story. I've got a, I've got a story, a story of how we had our plan, you know, our plan A. And we had it mapped out. We had our timeline of how things were going to go. But then our, when our plan didn't work, God rerouted us to a different plan. And so many times, here's what I hear people say, I look back and I'm glad my plan didn't work out because God's plan is so much better. And uh, we've got a guy on staff who's got a story about this. Uh, take a look at the screens. Hi, my name is Logan Zweifel. Um, I've been attending River Glen for 18 years now. 
I'm so grateful to God um, for uh, just everything he's been doing in my life the past few years and especially just uh, the way he's brought me to this role that I'm in serving at River Glen. I, I make uh, the videos like the one you're watching right now. I get to lead the congregation in, in worship on the weekends and it's just been really fulfilling and he's brought me so much peace and joy. But it wasn't always this way. A very critical moment for my life um, actually goes back to a single email that I sent uh, my friend Renee, who works at River Glen here. At the time, I had just graduated from UW-Madison. I knew that I wanted to continue on and, and go to more school, and I didn't know if it was the right time. And so I chose to take some time off, and what ensued after I sent that email was, it seems like a blur. I ended up uh, getting hired on an internship here at River Glen, and started to lead the band and taught myself how to sing and I absolutely fell in love with worship leading and working here at River Glen. Um, in fact, I loved it so much that I sort of half-heartedly gave up my dream of becoming a psychologist altogether. And um, I eventually was offered a spot on staff full-time and so I graciously accepted it and life was good. But slowly, things began to change. Um, and I was becoming uh, less content, and I honestly, I asked myself, had I missed my original calling? I always wanted to be a psychologist. Um, maybe I missed that calling. Why did I go to school and major in psychology and, and do all that if I wasn't gonna continue on and, and complete that education, become a psychologist? And, and so I ended up starting to doubt uh, this decision that I had made and I started doubting God's plan for me and wondering if I was on the wrong path. So I had transitioned out of my role here at River Glen um, in order to pursue my graduate degree in psychology. Um, I was going to school, I was working on an internship uh, at a mental health clinic and I was also working part-time. I began to pull away from God without even realizing it and I couldn't hear his voice like I once did. Uh, I no longer had margin in my life, I was just so busy. It became a very dark time in my life and I realized that it wasn't the plan that God had for me. And it led me to, to do the unthinkable. I actually dropped out of my graduate program halfway through completing it in order to come back to River Glen because uh, I felt God calling me back to River Glen. And at the time it made no sense at all. And so I trusted that God was gonna uh, he was going to bring good out of that decision. A good friend of mine by the name of Brandon Stevenson, he once said um, that God has a way of exercising prevenient grace in our lives. And, and he, he works strategically in our lives in the present and prepares the way for him to do greater works later on and to um, lead us to an, an encounter with him that is, is, is deep and meaningful and, um, and he, he's honored through that. Um, and looking back on the last few years, he was definitely at work and I had no clue. So after I chose to trust in God and follow his calling back to River Glen, um, he, not only has he brought this fulfillment, this joy, but he made it possible for me to meet my amazing fiance who um, I perhaps never would have met if I followed my own path. And um, I'm so grateful to him for that. I believe, honestly, no matter what direction we take in our lives, uh, God can further his plan and he can bring himself glory. Um, I just wish that I would have known earlier that it's okay to deviate and follow a path that you didn't intend for yourself originally. 
and trusting that God will provide for us no matter what direction we take in life makes all the difference. I appreciate Logan sharing his story with us. And the Lord, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And like many of us, Logan had a plan for his life. But uh, God said, Logan, uh, you know, you got, you got your plan, but I want you to take a step. I want you to take a new step in a direction of ministry with River Glen Church. And uh, Logan took that step and another step. And he's been on our staff for almost four years now. And it has just been amazing to watch him grow and to see uh, God use him as a leader in this church. I'm just so glad God called Logan and uh, to take a step and Logan said yes. See, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And so Paul and his companion and his companions decide to trust God and not focus so much on their plan, but on the steps that Jesus wants them uh, to take. Take another look at the map here. Remember Paul, you know, first of all, he wanted to go down here into Asia. No, no, no. He got blocked and then he wanted to go north, got blocked. And so he continues uh, heading west. And he doesn't question God. He doesn't, he doesn't just plow through and, you know, go where he wants to go. Paul says, okay, God, you're narrowing our choices. We made our plans, but Jesus is ordering our steps. And Jesus knows best. Verse 8 says, so they passed by Mycenae and went over to Troas. Notice this word, this phrase, passed by. Uh, passed by. Uh, if we can go back to that, that, that slide, I want to just mention something about that phrase. I think that is so important. Some of, the, some of the most difficult and really the most important decisions you will make will be to know when to pass by, when to pass up opportunities that seem convenient because you trust God's got something better in mind for you down the road in your future. Paul and his companions had experienced two closed doors. They passed by Mycenae. And then uh, they go over to uh, Troas. And if we go to the map here, you can see this is where Troas is. Notice it's located on the water. It's a seaport city. And so Paul and his companions go right up to the water. And Paul receives direction from God. Verse 9 says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia. And help us. And so God gives Paul divine direction about where he's supposed to go. Paul has this uh, vision of a man in Macedonia. And uh, again, this is Macedonia over here, very important uh, area. Uh, this would be Greece in our world today. But back in the ancient world, this is actually, Macedonia is actually the gateway to Europe. Okay? A whole new continent that had never heard about Jesus. Up to this point, you know, the gospel, the message of Jesus had pretty much stayed in this local region over here. But scholars agree that when God called Paul to cross the, the Aegean Sea and go over to Macedonia, uh, this lit the match. That, and that's when Christianity spread like wildfire through Europe. And into the Western world. And so instead of having a, just a local impact, God spread the gospel to Europe and North America and eventually over here to Wisconsin. And the reason is because Paul took two no's before he got a yes. And so good job, Paul. The point is God does big things through small steps 
of obedience. One small step of obedience by Paul changed the future of Christianity and made a global impact. Verse 10 says, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel uh, to them. Paul doesn't delay. At once they go over to uh, Macedonia. He obeys the, the vision. And you might be thinking, oh, I love that. I love that Paul got a vision from God. That's awesome for, for Paul to have that vision. But I wonder, does God do that today? How does God speak to us today? Well, God has several ways of speaking to us. The number one way that God speaks to us today is through this book, through his word. If you want to know God's will, then you need to read this book. If you want to read God's mind, then you need to read God's book. That's why I like to begin my day by reading uh, some scripture. And then what, I, what I'll do is I'll write in my journal what God's teaching me from that scripture. This week I, I, I took a moment, I went and looked back at the past year in, in my journal and it surprised me to discover how many times a verse jumped off the page or a phrase jumped off the page confirming the right step for me, that this is the right step uh, for me, or, 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 or not to take that step until the time is, is right. Because this is not an ordinary book. This is a living book. And it will make uh, God's divine direction come alive in your life. So if you want to read God's mind, read God's book, it's really the number one way that we learn to recognize the voice of Jesus in our life. I would say prayer is the second way. In prayer, we open up our heart and our mind and we, we, we speak to Jesus. We have a conversation with him and we, and we allow him to impress things upon us. Third way I would say that God speaks to us is through wise counsel. Do you have people in your life that follow Jesus that can speak into your life? Maybe people in your small group. Personally, I find that God rarely speaks today through dreams or visions. But God does give us powerful impressions about what he wants us to do. I had that experience many years ago when I sensed God calling me. I mean, pulling me, compelling me and my family to move up here from Kentucky to to plant this church. God compels us. Uh, I think of it this way. It's kind of like uh, how I feel when I go to the mall and I walk by Cinnabon. And I just feel pulled, you know. I feel, I feel compelled. That's one of the ways God speaks to us today. God guides us through a powerful impression. Sometimes God compels us during our day-to-day decision-making. Uh, for instance, I, recently I prepared for a group meeting and I had everything finished. I was all ready for the meeting. And then I just felt this prompting, this inner leading to add one more idea. And that one more idea made a big difference. But I don't think that idea came from me. I'm not that smart. I think that idea came from the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of Jesus still speaks and guides us today. And he wants to give you direction for your decision making. But understand, if you want to read God's mind... You need to read God's book. That's how you learn to hear his voice. That's how you learn uh, whether this uh, leading, this prompting is, is, is my own idea or it's God's idea. So Paul hears God uh, calling him uh, to go, uh, to go in, in, in this direction from Troas. They hop on a boat, they hop on a ship, and they cross the Aegean Sea, and they go over to Macedonia. It says from Troas, Troas, we put out to sea. And we sailed straight for uh, Samothrace, and, 
And then they went to Neapolis and Philippi. Maybe that rings a bell. There's a, there's a New Testament letter written to that church in Philippi, a, a Roman colony, a leading city in that district of Macedonia. A lot of things happen when they arrive in Macedonia. First of all, Paul meets this influential woman, a businesswoman, a business owner by the name of Lydia. And she wants to know about Jesus. She doesn't know about Jesus. And so Paul shares the gospel. He shares the good news uh, with her. And look at how she responds. It says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And I want you to notice, she didn't respond by saying a prayer. I mean, saying a prayer is a great thing to do. We should, we, we should, we should pray. pray. Prayer is always a good thing to do. But it says that the way that she responded to Paul's message, she got baptized. Lydia and her entire uh, family, uh, they got baptized. And maybe some of you are ready to respond uh, that way to Jesus, just like Lydia and her family, uh, by getting uh, baptized. We're going to give you that opportunity a little bit later in our service. Last night, uh, we baptized uh, eight people uh, in the service, and it was just a great uh, celebration. I want you to think about the, the, the impact that Lydia makes. She became the first European Christian mentioned in the Bible. And suddenly, the gospel takes root in a whole new continent. See, if you're willing to go in God's uh, divine direction, you're going to end up in places that are going to surprise you, making a bigger impact than you could have ever planned uh, yourself. From there, uh, Paul goes on to plant uh, more uh, churches over here in Macedonia. He plants a church in, in Philippi. He plants one over here in, in Thessalonica. Plants one over here in Corinth and, and several more. Five letters in the New Testament are, are uh, written by Paul to churches in, in Macedonia because God does big things through small steps of obedience. In his commentary on uh, Acts chapter 16, uh, listen to what uh, author and theologian John Stott says. He says, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing that Europe became the first Christian continent, we can see what an epic-making development this was. It was from Europe. The gospel fanned out to Africa, Asia, North America, Latin America, and Oceania, and so reached the ends of the earth. So you want to make a big impact in your life? Remember, God does big things. God does great things through small steps of obedience. God uses both yeses and nos to provide us with divine uh, direction. And so what is it? What small step is God prompting you to take today? What small step is God nudging you to take today? Is there a no or a not now in your life that, that God's using? And you need to realize that it's not negative. What you thought was rejection is actually uh, God redirecting, rerouting your life because he's got something better in mind for you down the road. Is there a closed door in your life that you've been trying to, to, to push down? And the most holy thing that you can do is to stop banging on that closed door because what is on the other side of that closed door is not meant for you. God's got something better uh, for you in the future. Or is there an open door that God's inviting you to take? And you need to take a step of obedience like Paul and Lydia. Do You need to open your heart today and say, God, you know, I can make my plans. But God, I want you to order my steps because your plans are so much better than, than my plans. Uh, 
uh, plans. You love me, and you've got, your, you've got my best interest in, in mind. And I know that when I faithfully follow you, that my life will have purpose and impact. When you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God does big things through small steps of obedience. Maybe God's putting his finger on some situation in your life. Would you ask him to order your steps? Maybe God's leading some of you today to say yes to baptism. We already have uh, several people getting baptized in this service today. We also baptized a couple people last Saturday night. And we we, uh, recorded them on video. And we'd like you to hear from them. Take a look. Hi, I'm John Dobbs. I'm Barker Dumps. We've been coming to River Glen for about two and a half years now. You know, I've, I've learned over time that church is more than just a building, it's the people. And uh, the more time we spend here, the more relationships we, we gain and we grow with other people. And it allows us to grow too in our, in our own faith. I decided to get baptized. Um, and for me, it, it's a commitment to confess my love to God and to bring that love to everybody. To me, it's uh, baptism is a, it's an outward commitment, but it's a it's a celebration. It's an outward celebration that tells people that that your faith is strong, and if you have strong faith, it's uh, that's that's personal. That's between you and God. But when you celebrate with other people, uh, it grows. Not only does it grow on yourself, but I think it uh, allows the community of people to to grow as well. Yeah, we love to celebrate baptisms around here. And maybe today God is nudging you to take this step of baptism. But maybe you're resisting. You know, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, I'll do it someday. Listen, if God is giving you divine direction today, why put him off? We've got everything that you need here. We've got uh, the baptistry over here. Uh, it's filled up. It's uh, heated up to about, I don't know, 90 degrees It's like a hot tub. Uh, Sometimes we call it the jacuzzi for Jesus over there. It's very comfortable. You know, we got everything that you need. We've got all the clothing. We've got towels. We give you one of these really cool shirts like this one right here. And you get to to, uh, keep it. Uh, You know, I know it takes courage. But I'm telling you, everybody in this room will cheer for you like you're making the best decision in your life because you are. And I'm telling you, God does big things through small steps of obedience. This past week, one of the greatest uh, really pastors and and leaders in the history of Christianity, Billy Graham, uh, passed away at the age of of, uh, 99. I've always admired his preaching and especially his integrity and his humility. I read that in 2005, he preached at at a crusade in in New York City for the final time, his final final, uh, sermon at a crusade, and he talked about his death. He said, do I fear death? No. I look forward to death with great anticipation. I'm looking forward to seeing God face to face. And that could happen any day. And it finally happened this week. But uh, he was ready. And Billy Graham helped millions and millions of people get ready too. And, And I thought about this, that if he were here today with us, I think he would ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? He loved to preach about Jesus and invite people to respond. He loved to invite people to respond during this song called Just As I Am. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. It's a famous hymn that has just a beautiful message uh, uh, to it. It says that you can just receive, you can receive Jesus right now. You know, you don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to clean up 
your act, uh, you can have your sins washed away. Um, You can have the Holy Spirit come into your life uh, today if you are willing to accept Jesus just as you are. um, Accept him as your leader and your uh, forgiver. Look at this verse that comes up later in the book of Acts. It says, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. And so here's what I want to do before I pray and, and before we continue our service. I want to, I want to ask you, would you stand with me uh, for, for this next, next part of the service? And uh, I want to invite you to repeat a statement of faith after me, if you believe it. If you don't believe it, don't, don't say it. But if you believe it, say this with me. Say this in response, okay? Say it in response to me. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I take him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Most important words that you can ever say. And if you believe those words in your heart, you are ready to take the step of uh, baptism. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to stay standing during this next song. And it's real simple. If you want to get baptized, just make your way to uh, one of the uh, aisles. And if there's uh, people in your way, you can just push them out of your way or jump over them. I'm sure they'll make room for you. Just go to the aisles and then head to the lobby. And uh, we got a table out there. we got a team of people. It's easy. And uh, we've got changing rooms backstage. We've got everything that you need, and they'll help you each uh, step of the way. It's, it's, it's easy to do, but uh, uh, here's what we need you to do is uh, muster up your courage and take this step today if God is is leading you and giving you that uh, direction. So I'm going to pray. We'll stay standing. And during this song, uh, make your way uh, to the lobby. If you already signed up, I know we have some people who already signed up. During this song, make your way to to the lobby. And if you're just deciding right now to do it, make your way to the lobby. Uh, Let me pray for us. God, we open our hearts and we ask your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and in our minds and help us take our next step, whatever it is, following you. God, I know that I know that we must have people here who, who believe and have you know, said that statement of faith and have inwardly made a decision to, to follow Jesus, but have yet to take this step of baptism. And maybe they need a little extra nudge, some extra courage. Give that to them, Father, through your spirit today. Move in their lives and help them take this important step to say yes to this command that Jesus gave to every follower. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.